Oh, this week on Two Dynamite Dudes, March and I discuss the Texas Deathmatch rematch between John Moxley and Lance Archer, plus the report that Daniel Bryan has signed with AEW, also the report that CM Punk and AEW are in talks, Nick Gage is Chris Jericho's second labor next week, Sting and Orange Cashney getting their casual kicks in with one another, Thunder Rosa, friend of the show, officially signed with AEW on her birthday nonetheless. Plus, Marcus plays Nostradamus with Chavo Guerrero managing Andrade, and Britt Baker battles Nyla Rose. All this and much, much more this week on 2 2 Hey, say what? 2 Dynamite Dudes with Attitude. WrestleZone.com, uh, and I am joined here by Dominic D'Angelo, my slapdick brother, who is of WrestleZone.com, and guys, we are two Dynamite Dude. Dudes with Attitude. We are coming to you live right now on a Sunday uh, where we're doing a double header, Dominic, so uh, we're going to make this an abbreviated version of two Dynamite Dudes, but we're still going to get plenty of content here. We're slated for uh, 40 minutes, so when you see that 40-minute mark, you'll know that uh, we're getting ready to wrap this bitch up. Uh, but, but Dom, how you doing? What did you think of this week's incredible episode of Dynamite? Nesha, what's up? I'm doing good. Uh, I think, uh, hi Nesha. I think, um, it was a pretty good episode. Like, uh, there was a lot of stuff to kind of chew on for a little bit and then go into, um, go into the next week and looking forward, obviously with some news not happening on Dynamite that break broke about AEW. I mean, uh, quite the week, Marcus, huh? <laughs> it, it was quite a week. Nesha said she said she's been waiting all day for this. Uh, we are always happy, as always, to be joined by you, Nesha. Thanks for being here. Thanks to everybody for jumping into the live chat here. Feel yeah, free. We got ask- a good amount of numbers. It looks like right now. Happening. Absolutely. Feel free to ask questions. And guy, you know what, Dom? Let's not, Stephen. What's up, man? Uh, Dominic, let's not disappoint here. Let's just jump into the real deal. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about these potential monstrous monstrous signings that could become an AEW bit milligan what's up brother thanks for joining us uh dominic go ahead lead us yeah out. brian danielson according to bodyslam.net of cassidy haynes of bodyslam.net brian danielson reportedly signed locked in with a contract with AEW. um marcus you know who my guy is in wrestling today it's been daniel bryan for uh, over 10 years at this point so yep. i am elated at this news um so uh, and then obviously the the uh, the one that was to break before that uh, was uh, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful uh, reported that CM Punk reportedly in talks with AEW. Uh, no word as if to a contract is signed yet, but I mean indications are looking pretty promising. Uh, CM Punk's been trolling Twitter the past couple of days. If you've noticed, he's uh, he unblocked WWE and then he followed AEW on Twitter. And then today, what did he do? Oh, I think he followed both Tony Khan and Vince McMahon on Twitter. So he's uh, he's embracing the uh, the buzz, that's for sure. Um, Marcus, 
Yeah, I'm very excited for this news. Uh, we talked about this a couple days ago, but when we were just talking in general about what we were going to talk about, and uh, we were saying this is like the Outsiders, man. This is like uh, our boys Hall and Nash coming in here. Um, well, you know, Dom, back back around the time when we first started this podcast, you know, I I remember saying, uh, look for AEW to really go over the top for them to really really compete with the big dogs. They need a signing of that caliber. They need a, a signing on the same level as like bringing in Hall and Nash, uh, which I mean, just completely changed the business. And Dom, this is it. Uh, this is the exact moment. They're bringing in two of the biggest names in professional wrestling. Uh, period. I mean, how many people are going to show up just to see CM Punk? Um, let alone probably the best technical wrestler on the face of the planet, aside from maybe Cesaro and uh, and Daniel Bryanson, Brian Danielson. I don't Brian, know. There you go, Daniel <laughs> Bryanson and Daniel Bryanson. Uh, so, dude, it is it is an unbelievable signing. I do have to say though, Dominic, you know, I'm kind of with Nesha as of right now. She said, "DB, I believe Punk. Uh, when I see it, I'll believe it." I'm kind of there too, you know. Like, hey, once he signs, okay, great. Uh, we, you know, they got him. But, but as of right now, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, the pieces do line up though because. You know, they're going to be working in New York City, which is allegedly the time when Daniel Bryan is, is slated to make his debut. At Arthur um, Ashe Stadium. At Arthur Ashe Stadium. Um, but then, Dominic, you'll be there. They're going to Chicago, the the backyard of uh, none, none other than CM Junk. And, uh, and yeah, I'm probably going to get low-key heat for calling him CM Junk. I actually kind of like CM Punk, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, there's a strong probability that he's going to come out there. And, Dom, if they do sign... Uh, CM Punk. Here's a real question: What do they do about the world title picture? Do they all of a sudden say, "Hey, Hangman Page, we know that we're pushing you toward it, but right now we need a heel champion because CM Punk is going to come in here as probably one of the biggest baby faces on the face of the planet, and we need him to go over against you." Here's the thing: This is how I would handle it. Now, uh, it would kind of lean into like what a lot of uh, critics say sometimes about AEW is like their schmozzy finishes or whatever. I don't think this is too schmozzy in comparison to like what happens with a lot of crazy schmoz finishes, not just in AEW, but across the board in wrestling. I would love to see you still have Hangman versus Kenny at All Out, but CM Punk fucks over Hangman. And then you, now obviously people are going to cheer for People are going to go nuts for Punk. But you have CM Punk has shown he's got, he's that got the capability of playing a heel. So I think it would be a huge, huge go for Punk to square off against Hangman. You immediately give a rub to Hangman Page. And uh, by having him work with such a huge star like Punk, you have hit Punk work the magic on the mic like he does. And you just have them go, have those two combat. And then, obviously, Marcus, that sets up Daniel Bryan for Kenny Omega. And, if Kenny it's Omega, me, Dominic. and Kenny Omega, what we've been talking about, how we've really liked Kenny Omega running with the title right now, I think you can keep that going then for him for at least a little bit longer until Daniel Bryan takes it off. Dominic, if I'm the booker, which I will be here in about 34 minutes uh, for WCW rewritten, but if I'm the booker for AEW, um, hey, Kevin Davis, what's up, man? Uh, if I'm the booker for AEW, I don't do that. What I would, The way I would go about it 
is you still have Hangman Page go over. He's got too much momentum. It, uh, you can't do not stop that train. It's ridiculous. Um, but instead, afterwards, have Kenny Omega do do the classic heel thing and say like, "Hey, look, he cheated or whatever." I'm still the best in the world. Nobody in the world is better than I am. Boom, CM Punk. It's not bad either. So mm-hmm. you're more of the lines of CM Punk feuding with face Punk feuding with uh, heel Hangman. CM I, Punk I cannot be a heel. He will not be a heel. He can be a heel. He can't. He can't. He can't. And, and certainly not against somebody like Hangman Page, who's so over as a baby face right now, that if you bring CM Punk in, you're going to steal everything that Hangman Page is doing. Um, so I completely disagree. I think you ride the hot hand with uh, Hangman Page, and you just build build toward a possible world title situation with uh, CM Punk in the near future. I think you are still like riding the wave with Hangman if you have him feud with Punk. Like that's basically a world title match in itself because look, Punk hasn't wrestled in over six years. More than that, seven going on seven. That's unbelievable. Seven years. So it's um so him going up against Hangman is that's that's a headline in itself for. It. And you know, you automatically put Hangman up into that echelon of talent of where you're positioning at because you're feeding him with arguably the biggest star in wrestling at this moment in time. So, hey, Don, I, just just a quick departure from what we're talking about. Can you read Benjamin A. Jones's uh, comment there? Uh, which one? He's got a couple of them here. Enzo. Enzo. Okay. Enzo is good on the mic. AW should get him. Uh, I like Enzo. Uh, I think it was like several months ago. I, I didn't think that they should get Enzo just because they had a lot of stuff going on and they still got a lot of stuff going on. Um, yeah. I, you know, I love Enzo. So I think. Um, he would be great. Like, I think they could find use for him where like, whether that's on a program as like uh, a wrestler commentator, both doesn't matter. I think you could kind of utilize him. You could certainly find a spot again, crowds get a little thick here uh, when you cut, when it comes to new talent and then established WWE talent. So there's always that balance. That's very delicate and that people are very critical of AEW with, which I don't think is very fair. But uh, yeah, I you know Enzo's great. I you know I, I wouldn't necessarily be against that. I'm I'm a big Enzo guy. I'd love to see him paired up with uh, Max Caster and uh, Anthony Bowens. Yeah, I think it just makes perfect sense. But I miss Enzo too. Just like Nash was saying, I miss him. I miss seeing him on national TV. He's unbelievably entertaining. Um, according to uh, his his buddy Kaz XL or whatever that guy's calling himself now, um, he is he's really polished his ring skills. Yeah, W. Morrissey. W. Morrissey, that's it. Thank you. Uh, no um, disrespect to him because I think he's a tremendous talent. He's doing, w. Great. He's doing great in impact. Uh, so yeah, Mark. But um, so that's how that's so that's how you go with the, those two. Um, now, Marcus, the, the we kind of talked about already, but the talk is you know uh, Daniel Bryan showing up Arthur Ashe, and then Punk showing up at you know uh, Chicago uh, Sears Center. Now, would if you were Tony Khan, would you kind of expedite the process and boost them up to a little bit earlier? Say, say, one of them debuts, uh, so put, happens to be in Pittsburgh during the first episode of AEW Rampage, which I mean, we're gonna happen to be at. I mean, I mean, as tempting as that would be, I think that when you are doing a big stadium show like they're gonna be doing at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Um, I think that you need something huge, and I, I don't think that there's any better time to bring in uh, 
Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, he'll, he'll be called then that setting that that has the feel of Goldberg going over Hogan in the Georgia Dome to me, you know, bringing out Daniel Bryan in that setting. So as much as I believe me, I would love to see them come to Pittsburgh so you and I can see them. I'd love to see them this Wednesday on Dynamite. You know, I'm excited. Yeah, right? I'm excited for this to happen. But uh, I think that you need to play it right. And that's the only right way to play it. You debut him at Arthur Ashe Stadium. You know, it's hard to argue that it really is. I mean, obviously, we would love to see that. Now, uh, maybe you could have his first match at Arthur S. Stadium. <laughs> he debuts at Rampage, and then we see him. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, hey, Dom, who who is he going to a feud with? Daniel Bryan. And then let's let's get into actually talking about Dynamite a little bit. Yeah. Well, obviously, he's a face. He's got to be a baby face. Of I course. Yes. Even more so than Punk, he should be a baby face. Um, you know, I picked, I picked Kenny already because I think you should, that's who should maybe go with it. Punk, you can put into a storyline and build with, you know, somebody else. I feel, even if you keep him as a face, um, you know, the same could go for Brian. I mean, both are huge stars. So it's like, <laughs> you can't go wrong either way when it comes to that. Um, trying to think who would be another good place person to position him at starting off. Uh, that's a problem. Who's the other big heel? That's a you know that's a fair point. Who is the other big heel? Miro. No, I, I would I would say you have to at this moment you have to shoot a little bit bigger. Yeah. I'm saying I'm saying you have to leave Miro alone. Uh, don't don't yeah. put him in a position where he's got to put somebody over. Um, I don't know. Like that's so the that's, problem, Dominic. Is like the heels are not clearly outlined in AEW as of right now. Um, is is Lance Archer a heel? No, I don't know. not a heel. Okay, he's not a heel, and then he just had a match with another baby face on Dynamite, which we'll talk about, and John Moxley. So uh, Christian's a baby face. Uh, so what the fuck are we doing over there at AEW with the heels? There's just not enough of them. You know, it's a fair point because you're trying to think, and that's exactly why I think I would immediately start. Uh, Nesha, thank you. Uh, the Bucks are heels. Yes. Now, you could have Punk go against them. There you go. Dude, here it is right here. I would have this is how I would do it. Now you said I would say Daniel Bryan versus Kenny Omega. That's how I would start it off. CM Punk, MJF. Okay. Well, you, uh, there you go. There's an, how are we overlooking MJF? I know, right? <laughs> how are yeah. Um, yeah, and and it makes sense because MJF is clearly going to go over against Jericho. So, uh and who says that they're the best, you know, all the time? Is MJF, so I mean, yeah, well, I'll tell you what, that could be really great. Oh, uh, Benjamin Andrade, how are we dropping the ball on these heels, Dominic? <laughs> I know, what the fuck? <laughs> well, in any case, uh, let's go ahead and just jump into the program here. Let me pull up my notes. Well, let me do, I'll segue into it. Somebody that we did see this week that wasn't expected to be seen was uh, um, the talk of the town of the wrestling town for the better part of a month, over a month, is Nick Gage. Oh, my goodness how about that so uh, labor of jericho now we did marcus we cut we're kind of like hey this whole thing's kind of following the the paint by numbers cody versus mjf pattern but here we get now now it's getting interesting so i dominic you know how i feel about about death matches oh my god my the third man is just doing a run in my my (laughs) dehumidifier hang on it's the hogan of the two dynamite dudes podcast this is when the trash comes into the ring it's going to be two down of my dudes and, and a loud noise machine. <laughs> loud noise. Um, 
that's a, that's uh, that title's too long. But in any case, uh, so yeah, it's now it's starting to get interesting. And Dominic, you know how I feel about death matches. I think it's like it's it's the bottom tier of pro wrestling, in my opinion. I'm just not crazy about death matches. Um, I know I know for some people it really scratches the itch. But uh, that being said, you're trying to put Jericho in peril here. Right. And uh, this is something that you and I discussed off the air. I think that they are. I like it, it kind of scratches that like, OK, putting Jericho in danger itch, not just from like a storyline standpoint, but like for us as smart fans who know that the business is a work. I'm still like, is Jericho going to get injured? Like he's pretty old and he's climbing in the ring with this nut job who's like going to put staples in his head and break light tubes over his head and, you know, maybe cut his throat like he did with David Arquette. So it's like it's it's a little scary to think of Jericho under those circumstances. So the fact that Nick Nick Gage is coming in does not bother me at all. Um, and that's just saying she knows Nick Cage is he any good? <laughs> so uh, I, I I don't know if she's intentionally referring to Nicholas Cage the the actor. Hey guys. If, if she is, it's a hilarious reference, and I appreciate it. But, I mean, we've got uh, somebody online made a hilarious point, too, where they're like Christian Cage, Nick Gage, Hangman Page, uh, Christian Cage. Cage. <laughs> you know, they were, like, naming all those names. It's like, holy shit, they're right. Um, but in any case, Dominic, yeah, I think that this puts Jericho in real peril. I think it ups the stakes. Uh, so I'm, I'm pumped up. I'm curious how they're going to execute it because, I mean, you look just yesterday, there was GCW homecoming night one and uh, your boy, Matt Cardona. Love Matt Cardona. Got major. We talked about Hogan heat. He got major Hogan heat at this show. Did you happen to see that clip of him? Yes. And Dominic, let me go off the rails for a minute to just talk about this. Those two have done a masterful job of building that that show and that angle where like me, a guy who does not like death matches like they had uh, Nick Gage show up at a live show that they were doing for the major yeah, wrestling figure cool. podcast. And they were screaming at each other, like saying the F word each other, threatening each other like it felt like a shoot. It felt like it was very real and they hated each other. Um, and after watching that, I was like, this feels real. This feels like real heat. And it feels like something that I need to watch. And like they it just like a slow build on this angle between Matt Cardona and Nick Gage, just leading up to this moment. And dude, it couldn't have gone any better. I assume that Matt Cardona was going to put Gage over because it's his it's kind of his playing field. But nope, he goes over and gets one of the biggest heel reactions I have ever seen. And it was it was incredible. And he played it. He hammed it up beautifully. Didn't it's he like holding He's holding a belt like Shawn Michaels at the end of WrestleMania, just like hamming it up. It was so engaging. Now, some of the talk of the town on Twitter was uh, people throwing garbage in the ring. And Dave Meltzer took great exception to that. Some people took great exception to Dave Meltzer taking exception to that. Uh, how did you feel about all that trash getting thrown in the ring and anything? It's, it's was pro it? wrestling. It's pro wrestling, and that's what that's part of the beauty of pro wrestling. By the way, Nesha is saying that she did not mean to say Nick Cage. It was a typo, uh, <laughs> but still a hilarious mistake because uh, I thought she was just like making a joke about introducing Nick Cage in AEW. But um, in any case, um, what was I talking about? We were talking about the trash being thrown in the ring. Yeah, Dominic, uh, that is old school wrestling that's i mean back in the day when people would get really bad heat like they jim Cornette talks about it he's like it was impossible to walk through the crowd without somebody trying to take a swing at you or something and it felt like matt cardona might be in that position in that setting 
And I mean, that's that's pro wrestling. Hell, and, uh, Terry and, Funk uh, in Puerto Rico was stabbed. Right. Stabbed that's, twice. That's, and then that's one of the cool, on his wall. <laughs> I mean, obviously, people getting stabbed is not great, but, but <laughs> yeah, like, you know that, that. But I mean, <laughs> that that kind of heat is is you can't pay for it in pro wrestling. So it's incredible to see something like that happen in today's day and age. Um, I mean, if I were uh, Matt Cardona, I would be blowing up a giant picture of that image and framing it in my house um because it's it was an unbelievable moment jason michael gamble what's up hey yay jason it's a great moment in indie wrestling i think um i think uh to marcus it's i was comparing it today in the wrestle zone chat to cody's initial indie run when he left wwe and he kind of built up this cachet and name credibility for himself where he like broadened his resume and you know uh i like matt cardona uh, you see wrestling figures in the back behind me here, and you have obviously a shit ton of figures behind you there. I think a problem with Matt that gets conveyed was he, like, the figure collecting was a big part of his personality and who he was. And I don't think that's a, exactly a way to super duper get over, but this adds a whole nother layer to it. And he didn't necessarily even have to do the deathmatch thing. I think just him being able to cultivate that reaction and how he handled it in addition to fighting somebody like a Nick Gage, I think that automatically solidified him even more as just a a pro wrestling talent. Right. Gives him, gives him credibility. And I don't see why you can't have both. He has the major wrestling figure podcast. We all all know he's a huge collector, but what I'm I'm saying saying is when we talk, when we grew up watching wrestling, there was, there was this distant, there was this, gap of like hey these guys have an air of mystery about them they're not like us there's something that we don't know and we want to almost achieve or live vicariously through them now with matt you know there's a lot of similarities to like me and my friends or something like that you know what i mean which can be good relatable but it's also like from a wrestling standpoint it kind of it closes the gap a little bit you know what i mean and I understand what you're saying, and it does make sense. I, let me say this, though, uh, and then we can get back to talking about Dynamite. I would sign Matt Cardona right now if I was a major wrestling company. Uh, I think AEW should do it. I would sign Matt Cardona to a long-term contract and have him come in and say that he's the deathmatch king. Um, <laughs> and, and just like play up, play up that heel yeah. angle where, of course, it's like he's like this, sort of this pretty boy with this very muscular physique who's just like who's got WWE written all over him. Yeah. Um, but he's coming out and saying like, no, 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 I'm hardcore. Um, Yo, did you I, see his promo after the match? Oh, it was it was tremendous. And he, he was like asking people for a PBR. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The GCW universe. I mean, he is on fire right now. I would hire him in an absolute instant. Yeah, dude, it was very, very cool moment. Very cool. Moment. All right, uh, let's let's hammer on though. Yeah, Nick Gage coming in. Uh, ordinarily, not crazy about it, but I will say I'm I'm excited to see how this goes because man, it's it feels dangerous. Um, another thing that feels dangerous, Dom, and again, guys, uh, we've got about 19, uh, a little more like 18 some minutes left here. Um, before we're going to go on to our other podcasts. So we're, we're going to just kind of play the hits right now. But Dominic, another thing that felt dangerous at AEW Dynamite. Uh, let's talk about the main event. Let's talk about John Moxley taking on uh, one of your favorites, the Murderhog Monster. Yes, dude, Marcus. Uh, after watching this, I was, it's one of my favorite matches of the year. I, it's wow. like from a standpoint of, I, I want to say um, that it was 
from like the not only it's a unique you know you have the new japan title united states championship on the line this has been a a thing that's been between these two for over a year and a half when they first had it at wrestle kingdom geez what wrestle kingdom was it 14 um but they had that initial match where uh, Mox defeated Archer. And so Archer, it's like this huge like story that's, you know, these guys haven't crossed paths until now about it. And here we go. They're having this, this uh, Texas death match in Texas, Lance Archer's hometown or home, home state. And, uh, you know, it's, it's in the main event and in front of a live crowd. That's pretty damn raucous. And, uh, you know, Marcus, I'm not the biggest deathmatch guy either. Like, I'm not. And, like, I, I, I appreciated how Kenny, and, and I'm not the biggest Sammy Callahan fan either, but, like, I appreciate how that Slammiversary match went. I thought it was good for being a deathmatch. But, like, there's t- a lot of, you know, a lot of the, you know, pizza cutters and forks in the heads just kind of, Ugh. but I thought – and this might not make sense, but I thought how they handled the fork in this match, I liked it a lot better. Um, and I thought it just played into them just brutalizing one another. And then Archer coming up with the win was uh, just a refreshing thing because, like, that's a big, big win for Archer who needs it, like, and who's deserved, who's worked towards something like that because he's put a lot of guys over at this point in time. And putting over and getting a solid win over a guy like Moxley is pretty damn badass and uh i think elevates archer further and i think when you have a big man uh they need to do that with some of their big men and archer i think is just a great great terror that he can and a good baby face terror um we've been talking about like you know who we could align him with and we pitched out several ideas i think a great tandem would be him and Hangman Page, like him almost not as Hangman Page enforcer, but just a buddy that he can rely on. You know, I just think that's, I don't know. I would, I really like this match though, Marcus. Uh, but you not being the biggest death match fan, what do you think of all this? Yeah, Nesha, well, I will say Nesha hit the nail on the head here. She said Mox losing was not expected, and I agree. Um, I really thought that Mox was going to go over, and you know, we were just going to hammer on with this uh, angle with him holding that belt. Uh, but Dominic, I, I. I don't know. I, I didn't like it. Um, I, it's just not my flavor of match. You know, in my opinion, these like hardcore type matches, you know, the, you should, you should use them about as often as you eat Cinnabon. And for the same reasons, right. Where it's like, it's only under desperate circumstances and you feel terrible about it afterwards. Um, I, <laughs> I didn't feel I, terrible about it though. I I didn't like it. I I wasn't I wasn't crazy about it. And I I don't know the Nesha like the fork spot. I understand a lot of people online like the fork spot, but I'm just like I like it. I I don't get it. And maybe it's just me. Maybe maybe that's my problem that I don't get it. But like when I see somebody break out a fork, it's like just hold, get the fork away from him. You know, or like <laughs> like hold his wrist. You know, like don't don't let him do that. It seems crazy. Marcus, <laughs> you know? but I, I look. At, I mean, come on. But the the way I look at it though. And I'm not trying to convince you either way. You feel how you want. Wrestling is a subjective art form. But uh, a lot of the times when I see these death matches, you know, I'm not the biggest, like, like tubes. I'm, I'm not big into that fucking shit because it's like that shit can get in your throat, get in your face, the cut in your t- eyes, eyes, everything like that. I'm not a huge fan of that. But I mean, I look at, I think about stuff. Now, it's not like I go and watch these, avidly go out and watch these. But hell, the, 
my man of the hour, Terry Funk, like established himself as a deathmatch wrestler. And you, you have guys like Cactus Jack doing it. And you have um, Abdullah the Butcher being a part of all this stuff. Um, then the list can go on, like with all the Japanese guys too as well. So it's like there's a historical lineage to it. And for somebody to do that, like like a mox and an archer it's obviously you don't want it and i think this and i liked i like this match like i said i like this match a lot uh it's kind of weird that uh slammiversary had their own death match not just less than a week apart from that so it's just that's kind of one thing that i'm with you on but i think uh i just i it was a you know people will criticize it uh like the cornets and stuff you know and you know but and just the whole the whole box never having a match that stays in the ring thing. It's just it's getting <laughs> on my nerves. I understand that a death match isn't going to, but come on. Uh, Dominic, Steve Chambers asked an interesting question here, and something that kind of went under the radar. Uh, what's the name of Haku's son that's going to be facing Archer? Um, who, by the way, is New Japan Pro Wrestling? Does that title immediately just go back to New Japan now? Or are they done loaning it out to the U.S.? That's what I'm curious about, man. Like, is that going to change? Because, um, you know, will... I can see some cachet and Archer holding it for a little bit, but also it does just make sense for them to take it back. I think it's Hakello or something like that is how you say his name. Uh, but he's a big dude, man. Holy shit. Yeah, he is. That's happening man. next week. Talk about lineage, you know, being Haku's son. Dominic Herman uh, is saying AEW is starting to be like the old WCW, and I couldn't agree more. You know, I think that things are going really well. I think that what they're doing is sort of what WCW is doing in that they're scratching a lot of different itches for wrestling fans right now. You're bringing in established talent. You're also uh, raising the stock of new talent or, or less familiar talent, you know, somebody like Darby Allen, somebody like Kenny Omega who really wasn't on American TV very much um, mm-hmm. in the past. So, uh, you know, they're establishing new talent. So, yeah. I think that, that they are kind of like the new WCW, and I'm I'm here for it, man. Uh, Dominic, let's talk about the next point here because uh, we got about 12 minutes left. Yeah, we don't. Uh, Dominic Chavo, Chavo Guerrero, Tony Khan is a listener. Dominic, Tony Khan, <laughs> Mr. Marcus. Uh, I'm I'm not going to pat my own back like Barry Horowitz here, but. I did say weeks ago that uh, they need to to pair Andrade with an established talent such as Chavo Guerrero Jr. Because I think that Chavo is good enough on the mic. I think that he's got enough experience that he could help somebody like Andrade, who's got all the ring skills, but maybe some of the extracurriculars he's not great with yet. And by the way, it showed during that interview because you could see Andrade uh, when he was talking to the Death Triangle. He was getting a little bit lost in the English. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chavo bailed him out. He took the mic from him. And he was like, "Here's what he's trying to say." Um, and you, you could literally see him bail out his, his new guy, and it worked. That's what you need, mouthpiece. Exactly, it went great, and uh, and I'm I'm thrilled that Chavo is all elite. Um, yeah, it's it's I, interesting times coming up. Now, it, I thought it was interesting that uh, Chavo really came off. I mean, that reaction he got was awesome. I was so happy for him, too, because it's like people liked Chavo a lot. And, uh, you know, you know, being from El Paso and all that stuff, it's just it was really cool to see that happen for him. Like Chavo was just like just been this consistent guy over the course of the time. And like I just I've always liked Chavo. So uh, but yeah, he came off as a baby face <laughs> um, and, and like. Um, I'm curious how they're going to angle that more so into making him more of a heel. I don't know, uh, but it's uh, it's exciting. 
Um, I think it's fun. I think the Chavo would make a great heel. Um, and it, it also makes sense because, of course, Chavo has that relationship with Vicky Guerrero. So why can't you just transition from saying, like, hey, Vicky's going to focus on Nyla, um, and Chavo is now t- handling uh, Andrade for her. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it really works. And, yeah, uh, Nesha's saying it here. Uh, Tony Khan that loves this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so so eddie kingston is a friend of the podcast so is thunder, thunder rosa. rosa yeah but uh hey which i wanted to mention how about it she's officially signed with aw on her Fan, birthday nonetheless fantastic news fantastic yeah. news also she shares a birthday with ezekiel elliott let's go cowboys um <laughs> uh but no dude i i was absolutely thrilled to see somebody like her somebody who's so deserving of a uh, featured spot in professional wrestling finally get get a job like this and man a lot a lot of fun to yeah. uh to have her involved in AEW now i'm excited to to get to see her hopefully week to week now yes i know and she's on dark coming up here our, our elevation so uh, Dominic speaking of ladies wrestling, speaking of ladies wrestling, uh, Nyla Rose took on Britt Baker correct. Uh, in this event. It was a clusterfuck of a match. I thought it sucked. I thought they have terrible chemistry. I don't, I don't know that it's Britt Baker's fault. Um, I, I think that, uh, Nyla Rose is occasionally clumsy in the ring, uh, poor transitions. And, uh, Steven, I think said earlier that she broke her wrist. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, Stephen Stephen Chambers did say that. Uh, so I, I was not aware of that that Britt Baker broke her wrist during that. Yeah, yeah, she did. Um, yeah, man. Um, I thought it was like they told the story, but yeah, I'm like just the it was a little shaky, you know. And um, I think we mentioned this too. We're like when it when it started off, we're like like kind of think maybe they should have started Britt off with somebody else. You know what I mean? Where it's just like. Somebody that can, uh, you know, that's a good compliment and that's a good adversary. And I think I kind of get it, though, why they did it. And I, I think I mentioned this before was like Nyla Rose is an established heel. So if you're trying to transition Brit into a, a baby face, more of a baby face type role, uh, then that does kind of make sense. But, you know, the match itself didn't kind of come off as, as great as it should have probably. Yeah, um, you know, Nesha's saying she doesn't like Nyla, and I'm not. I don't know if I'm gonna. I like Nyla. Out. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna come out and say that I don't like Nyla. Like, I think that there's aspects of her that I'm not crazy about. Aspects of her character, very one-dimensional. But I, I just think that she had really shitty chemistry with with Britt Baker. I don't. I don't think that those two have great chemistry together in the ring. Maybe it's not all Nyla's fault. But you know, based on context, I've seen I've seen Britt Baker kind of tear the house down numerous times. Uh, so you know, the common denominator here is not Britt. Um, so I, I don't know what went wrong during that match, but it wasn't a good match. There were sloppy transitions, and obviously the match went sloppy. You know, there was a broken wrist involved, so mistakes were made. Uh, I hope that this broken wrist doesn't stifle the progress that Britt Baker has made. Um, so I guess we're we're just gonna have to see how things play out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Herman is saying Nyla Rose versus Nia Jax for the botch botch moves match. Nyla, I mean, I would put Nyla above Nia. <laughs> Nia is pretty damn bad. Uh, so uh, I wanted to cover this before we close off with this episode of Two Dynamite Dudes. Uh, to uh, I don't know if you had this on your list, but uh, Orange Cassidy getting a rub from Sting. Marcus, did you like it or didn't you? Nope. Uh, didn't. I I guess it wasn't like horrible. You know, like it's it's silliness and uh, Sting is consummate pro, you know, trying to get over younger talent. 
Um, but actually, what I was what, when I said no, I'm sorry. I was thinking about Orange Cassidy's match later on that he had. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like despise the whole thing between him and Sting. But I was just like, oh, okay, Sting's like Sting's goofing around. That's cool. I liked it. I thought it was great. <laughs> I really liked it. Uh, Sting with his casual chest bump and stuff. It was good. It was quality stuff. I that that doesn't diminish Sting, and I think it enhances Orange Cassidy further. So. Tammy, what's up? Thanks for joining us. Thank you to uh, all of you guys for joining us. Yeah, really appreciate having you here, Dominic. When Stephen Chambers is asking, uh, so I'll ask you: When are we going to see Jade again? What happened? That's a great point. That's the thing. They've got so many people, and it's a, it's uh, just a challenge that they got to do and work with. And hopefully, with Rampage coming back, you know, you can really establish Jade further and further. Because you think about all the other women talent that we haven't seen either. Uh, I know Layla Hirsch is uh, recovering from injury. And then, uh, but you also have women like Red Velvet and uh, plenty of others that uh, just uh, haven't got in the cycle here recently. So it's uh, Serena Deeb, too, again. We need to see her again. Absolutely. Uh, so there's just a lot of, a lot of things that they got to work with. Hopefully Rampage will balance the scales out a little bit uh, and maybe get a little bit more honed in. But, dude, Marcus, we didn't even talk about the ratings. The ratings were great this weekend. Unbelievable. Unbelievable! They took a massive leap in uh, in ratings. I don't remember the exact figure, but I know it was over a million, um, and it, larger than last week, which is also over a million. Um, and Tammy, she's a big fan. Thank you. Appreciate you joining yeah. us. Uh, I don't know if she's saying she's a big fan of AEW or a big fan of us, but either way, glad you're here. <laughs> but maybe it's both. Uh, <laughs> Somebody said earlier, ah, new podcast, and that, hey, dude, we've been around for over a year now. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, uh, but. Uh, Glad you're discovering us now. Go, go yeah. ahead and listen in the archives or, you know, just, just join us live. We try, to go, we try to go live every week. Uh, I'm going away next weekend, so we're going to figure something out. But we'll, oh, we'll get there, guys. Yeah. Um, but in any case, Dominic, uh, we got four minutes left. So let's go ahead and, and wrap it up here with our MVPs and our ratings. Yes. Okay, Marcus. Uh, well, you do the ratings. Uh, what is your Marcus Meltzer rating? Yeah, I mean, you know, basically from like a big show feel standpoint, this was a good show. Uh, so I good, uh, not like blow my socks off yet, but I think that we're coming pretty close to some blow blow the socks off moments. Um, so I'm just gonna go ahead and give it a solid, solid seven point one. Nice, that is that's a rock solid Marcus Meltzer rating. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I've been generous with the ratings recently, Dom, because uh, they've they've really pulled out all the stops. Nesha and Steven are both saying eights. They they really enjoyed the program. Um, but yeah, it's uh, they they've been nailing it week after week. And Dom, it sounds like things are just gonna keep getting better and better for AEW. Uh, they might overtake WWE. You know, it's a it's a you know I'll. It's obviously like WWE's better position because they're on broadcast television with Fox, but then they also have USA. So there's more eyes on that, obviously. But, dude, Marcus, it's no lie. WWE is an eroding product. And um, they perfectly uh, displayed that on Monday when they uh, jobbed carrying Cross out to Jeff Hardy in under two minutes with a roll-up pin, making his – and you think about it. Thunder Rosa celebrated her birthday by getting signed by AEW. And, you know, uh, all that stuff. While Karrion Cross had to celebrate his birthday with a loss on Raw. It just does not make sense. Yet it's, 
I could go on about that, but we only have a few minutes, so <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's silliness. Uh, and yeah, we're we're not going to go into the WWE but, tirade, even though it's tempting. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, Herman is saying a six, a little harsh, a little a little more harsh than I am, but I I get it. Yep, uh, Marcus, who's your MVP? Dominic, uh, you're going to be surprised by this one uh, this week. Somebody that we didn't even talk about, Wheeler Yuta. Um, I thought wow. thought he looked great. Thought he looked great. I th- I think that he will make a fantastic inaugural cruiserweight champion for AEW. There we go. There we go. Now mine is uh, telegraphed. <laughs> it's got to be telegraphed. It's Lance Archer, baby. Of course, we all knew. We all knew. Yeah, Dom. you guys knew. You guys knew. So, I mean, I just liked it. I liked the way he positioned. He got positioned. And dude, it's just a good way to build some, establish some newer talents, newer stars, and stuff like that. Make get your get your roster bigger, and uh, not like not literally, but just get it bigger, like name catching. Larger, larger dudes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> All right, guys, that is going to do it for uh, two dynamite dudes this week. But we're about to jump right into our other podcast, which is uh, WCW rewritten. Yeah, uh, I'm rewriting WCW. I'm the main Booker, uh, Booker man like Kevin Sullivan. And uh, yeah, man. Uh, so stay, stay tuned if you're into it. If not, that's cool, man. I get it. Hey, hey, <laughs> but okay, so if you're on this, if you're on Facebook, just go right into the other feed, uh, the WCW rewritten feed. You'll see it on there. Um, if you're on YouTube or anything like that, just go to, uh, just surf on a wrestle zone channel and jump onto that Twitter. You'll see us pop up on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, Marcus, anything else you want to say before we close out here? No, follow me on Twitter, follow Dominic on Twitter, follow two dynamite dudes at two dynamite dudes on Twitter. Um, and follow WCW rewritten at WCW rewritten on Twitter. Um, interact with us guys. We love doing this live chat thing because we get to talk to you guys, um, and hear opinions and make new friends. Uh, so, you know, by all means reach out to us. We love talking to you guys. Yeah, it's good. Good to read the comments, even though we don't talk about some of them on here. I'm definitely reading them all. So thank you guys. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week on two, two, who, Oh, two dynamite dudes with attitude. Two dynamite dudes. We'll see you guys next time. Jump on the next channel.